Bismillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillahi wa ba'd. Respected brothers and sisters, today we started with the sixth juz from the Noble Quran and recited it in the Taraweeh Salah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to the chapter of Suratul Ma'idah, the chapter of the laden table that Allah had sent from Jannah to Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam and his people. Within this surah and within this juz, there is an important incident that had happened in history a very often related one, and that is the incident of the two sons of Sayyiduna Adam alayhi salam. So today we wish to go into this incident and try and draw some lessons from it that we can use in our everyday lives. Allah wa ta'ala said that O Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recite the incident of the two sons of Adam alayhi salam to the people. What had happened was when Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and his wife, our beloved mother Hawa alayhi salam, they were on earth alone and as Allah wa ta'ala had begun the process of procreation and the creation of mankind had then flourished. In order for it to begin, Allah wa ta'ala would bless Sayyidina Adam and Hawa alayhi salam with a set of twins at every given moment, at every birth that our beloved mother Hawa alayhi salam at the time would go through, then a set of twins would be blessed to this couple. And the twins would be such that it would be a boy and a girl. So when the two sets of twins had come onto earth, then you had the boy and the girl from the first set and the boy and the girl from the second set. And in order for the system of procreation to take place, the marriage needed to occur. But at the time, the law was that the boy from the first set of twins will get married to the girl of the second set of twins and vice versa. The girl from the first set to get married to the boy of the, first set, of the second set. So you had the two sons of Nabi Adam alayhi salam, Habil and Qabil. And as per the law, Habil was to marry the other sister and Qabil was not to marry his own sister that, he was, that was born with him but rather the sister of Habil, the one that was born with him. And it so happened that the one that Habil was going to get married to was the more beautiful looking one in appearance. And the one that Qabil was going to get married to or was supposed to get married to, was ordered to get married to, was not as beautiful as the one that Habil was going to get married to. And this is when Shaitan looked for that moment to try and pierce into that family structure. That how can I cause some turbulence between brothers? And he had put the idea in the, idea, in the mind of Qabil that you don't need to settle for this sister. You want to get married to that sister, then you should fight for what you want. And they had presented, or he had presented the case to his beloved father, Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. And that is when Allah wa ta'ala says that that Allah wa ta'ala had inspired Nabi Adam alayhi salam that in order to settle the dispute, let it be such that they both offer a sacrifice for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Habil was a shepherd, Qabil was a farmer of crops. And it was such that they needed to present some sort of sacrifice before Allah wa ta'ala. And Allah would then divinely send down an acceptance of which of the sacrifices would be, would be accepted in the court of Allah. And depending on which sacrifice was accepted, then that particular person or the owner of that sacrifice would marry the sister or the girl that had the more uh, beauty or that was more beautiful in appearance. And here we come to our first lesson. So Habil goes as a shepherd and he offers his prime sheep. He offers the best of his flock for the sake and for the pleasure of Allah wa ta'ala. 
Qabil on the other hand, he doesn't see it as something so significant and he takes the lowest quality crops that he has, like you know the extra, and he presents it in the court of Allah, he presents it as a sacrifice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends a, a, a message from the skies and the, the, the fire comes down and consumes the sacrifice of Habil and that was a sign of the acceptance of the sacrifice of Habil and therefore he was allowed to go, go gone on to marry the beauty, more beautiful sister, the more beautiful girl. And this didn't sit well with Qabil. And that is when once again Shaitan tried to pierce that family structure, tried to cause even more turbulence, that you don't need to settle for this. Thus, you don't need to settle for this particular solution in this way forward. You can now go and approach your brother and you can try and fight him off and show your, your muscle when it comes to him. And this is where this aspect of jealousy comes. That when a person has jealousy in his or her heart, then that jealousy will drive a person to the ultimate edge. That jealousy will drive that person to a place where he or she never thought they would have gone. So this is a son of a Nabi, a person might think. This is the son of a Nabi, but what would drive him to that? That is why Nabi sallallahu alayhi told us that beware of jealousy because it will eat at your good deeds just like how fire consumes firewood. Just like how easily fire will burn through that wood, this quality and this negative aspect of jealousy will eat through your a'mal and will eat through your good deeds. We learned from the first aspect of offering a sacrifice for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had decreed it for Habil to marry the more beautiful girl, still too, it did not mean that Qabil should have offered the lowest of his crops because he didn't know what the decision was going to be. So that is also a lesson for us that when we, and just a few nights ago, Qarisab explained how when it comes to spending in the path of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? أَنْفِقُوا مِنْ طَيِّبَاتِ مَا كَسَبْتُمْ That from the best of your wealth, spend in the path of Allah. It said that today we have, and even when it comes to the people that are working for us in our homes, in our businesses, then when it comes to feeding these people that help make our lives more comfortable every day, what happens in that case? If it's something that our children couldn't finish, if it's, you know, the leftovers of a sandwich, no, just leave it for the helper. She'll eat it afterwards. It's sad, but that's reality. That how often is it that before we can dish out, maybe the helper won't feel comfortable to sit with us on the table. But have we ever thought of going through to, to that degree to invite that particular person to sit with you on the table and eat? Okay, if the person is not comfortable and the person wants to eat on their own time and in their own privacy, then have we ever gone to that pot to dish out for them before we even eat? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in explaining how we should treat slaves. And in no way are we comparing slavery to the helpers that make our life comfortable because it is chalk and cheese. It is in no way uh, uh, to be compared. But just for us to draw a lesson that how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had taught the ummah to treat slaves which were known to be of the most inferior level in terms of, of a community, in terms of a structure in the ummah, in terms of a structure in a nation, in a community, in a society. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi said that you give them to eat what you eat. You clothe them with what you wear. And if you can, you make their tasks easier by helping them in their duties as well. If that is how we were taught how to treat slaves, and once again, that can never be compared to the people who help us in our homes and in our, uh, in our businesses. 
how much more honor should we, honor, should we show the people who make our lives more comfortable? That when we leave the house, our kurta is, is, is ayned, our, our, our homes are clean, our bathrooms are clean. Something that we will look as, as menial, we, we will not go down on our knees to clean that floor. And we are paying someone and expecting someone to do it for us. Then have that courtesy, have that qualities of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And offer your best that when it comes to the people that make your lives more comfortable. Give them the best. That is when... That is when they will see and be exposed to the true nature of deen and the true qualities of Islam. It was mentioned about Hazrat Mulana Yunus Patel rahimahullah that there was not a single helper that would help him in his home except that they embraced Islam. They came from non-Muslim backgrounds but when they seen the qualities of this great man how he led according to the sunnah of Rasulullah according to the teachings of deen they were drawn to that characteristics they were drawn to Islam because of that and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had opened their hearts to Islam and they said not a single helper would come into that home of Mulana Yunus Patel rahimahullah except that they would embrace Islam nonetheless we continue with the incident the uh, Qabil is then driven to murdering his own brother and Habil said that I'm not going to stretch my hand to you I'm not going to engage in the same act if you want to do what you do then ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will deal with you and that is the recompense for the people who are oppressful and Qabil goes through with the evil deed what happens after that and this is where we need to take a step back that whenever we find ourselves in an unhealthy situation in a polluted environment where we find that we are being driven to that place where we shouldn't go to. We are driven to that, we are being driven to that edge that the jealousy is starting to eat at us. Then take a pause. Take that moment and step back and think about the repercussions of the actions that are going to follow. Because what happened with Qabil? He committed the first murder on earth. He committed the first murder of, uh, on earth. Up until that point, nobody passed away, no human had passed away on earth. And it was the brother of Qabil, Habil, the son of Adam السلام, that was murdered and he was the, that was the first janazah to take place. But it happened through a murder. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Min ajli dhalik. Because of that, because of that, we ordained it that every time a person is murdered and a person's life is taken unjustly on this earth, then it is as if this person has killed an, an entire ummah. An entire nation has, has, has been killed, has been murdered. Now think of the repercussion. Just last night, Karisaf mentioned how when we initiate that good action, when we start off doing something good and that good is passed on and continues and you have a domino effect of good, then the reward will also come back to the person who initiated it. On the flip side of the coin, the person who initiates an evil and that evil is also passed down in, in a domino effect. And a person takes influence from that evil and does, does something even worse and it perpetuates and it grows. Then every time that person and the next person and the next nation and the next society and the next home and the next neighborhood and the next uh, 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 group of musallis and the next whatever it may be, the next business, the next company <coughs> that take inspiration from that one evil action. Can you imagine then when we come on the day of Qiyamah, you have a scripture in front of you, you have a book of records in front of you and you'll think, but I didn't do these actions. <coughs> I didn't even know these people. I had no relationship with them whatsoever. But then we'll be reminded that no, we initiated that evil and it perpetuated, it grew into something worse. A person took inspiration from that and now 
the fleck of it comes back to the person who started it. So we need to be very careful, respect brothers and sisters. When it comes to our dealings with our family members, and it's sad, although a reality, that we often say that how can one brother be jealous of another brother? But that is how it began. That is where the first aspect of jealousy on the earth had taken place. The first jealousy in history had taken place in the heavens when shaitan was jealous that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had afforded Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam with a loftier station. So what is jealousy? We come to the definition and this is where we will end. Just so we know that we need to be very wary of this. That jealousy means that you have in your heart a negative feeling towards someone that Allah has blessed them with a specific bounty. <coughs> and it eats at us so much. We hate it so much that this person is enjoying a bounty of is enjoying a bounty of Allah that we wish for that bounty to be taken away from that person and I must rather receive the bounty. That is what jealousy, the true definition of jealousy, that at any point you see a person driving a smart car, you see a person that has a lovely phone, a person has a, a, a palatial home, then to stop us from falling to that category of people where we wish, this person doesn't deserve it, man. I know what this guy goes through. I know the deals that this person does, the backdoor deals this person does, how that uh, this person is blessed with so much in his life, this must be taken away. That, believe it or not, is no justification. However that person had attained it, that is immaterial of how we feel at that point. There is no justification whatsoever. So if we are driven to it at that point, then we need to pause and look and see whether, where we are heading, that we should not head in that direction. When we see someone, what's the easiest way to try and remove jealousy from the heart? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had explained, showed, showed us this and inspired us through this, uh, through Surah Al-Kahf in the incident where the one friend had lots of, 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 uh, of the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world, then his friend who was not so well off had told him that every time you enter your orchard, so every time you enter your home, my brother, every time you enter someone else's home and it's a palatial home, then say, MashaAllah, la quwwata illa billah. Whatever this person has, Allah has ordained it for him. Allah has willed it for him. And whatever this person has achieved in this world, it's not through his own might and through his own muscle. It is through the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we say that, MashaAllah, la quwwata illa billah, then Allah wa ta'ala will inshallah remove any type of negative feeling we might have for another person. On the flip side of the coin or rather on the contrast, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us with countless bounties. It is not for us to broadcast it to the world at the same time. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that uh, you should hide the good that Allah blesses you with in this world. Bilkitman, don't broadcast it to the world and show the entire dunya what you have received and post it on social media. Look at the restaurant that I'm eating at today. Whether that restaurant is halal, halal friendly, that's a topic of discussion for another night. But something that is to be envied. Look where I'm flying to. For what? What is the reason for posting so much on social media to show who? To impress who? People you don't know. People that aren't even in a part of your lives, they are your, your social media followers, your, your virtual followers, they're not even your friends in real life. So, alaykum bil kitman. Hide and conceal the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you in this world. There are certain times, that it's good to speak of a bounty that you have in order to motivate another person. That look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless me with this, you can also have it my brother. 
but in a good way, not in a way that we are flashing to the world because then we are going to become the target of jealousy. So it's a two part that we need to play. One is not to show jealousy upon the next person, but the other thing is not to bring it upon ourselves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire one and all. Sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله نستغفر الله اللهم إنا نسألك الجنة ونعوذ بك من النار نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله نستغفر الله اللهم إنا نسألك الجنة ونعوذ بك من النار نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله نستغفر الله اللهم إنا نسألك الجنة ونعوذ بك من النار وصلى الله على النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين آمين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين